This is God's Glory Through Sports. I'm Nick. And I'm Chase. The title today is How Do We Glorify God? This is our first episode. We come today to evangelize and also to spread the word. We want to introduce ourselves. My name is Nick. I'm a born-again believer, a husband and a father of three beautiful children, one being Chase sitting right next to me. Hi, I'm Chase. I'm a teenager and I'm a born-again believer. I play football, and I am here to give a 13-year-old's perspective. And I know I'm not allowed to teach, but I'm all I'm here to give a 13-year-old perspective. We're going to read from Proverbs chapter 19, verse 27. It says, Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. I'm going to read that passage to let everyone know there that we're all about constructive criticism, or anybody wants to comment. Whether you agree or disagree, you're more than welcome to Shoot us an email or comment, and we have no problem talking to you. We want to help those who need help out there and serve Jesus Christ. We also want to know that in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that all Scripture is breathed out by God. So we believe the Bible is God's Word, and we believe the Bible speaks for itself. So if you do disagree, we will we will point right back to the Bible. We know that also for the believers out there, that iron sharpens up. So for today, again, the title is, How Do We Glorify God? Today we come with an interview from Zach Ertz, the right now Arizona Cardinals tight end, former Philadelphia Eagles tight end. We found it on YouTube. It's on the Sports Spectrum page. We found it. It was recorded three years ago. And Chase is going to read the interview a reporter asked at the time philadelphia eagles tight end Zacherts, how important is it to glor to use your platform to glorify god zach Ertz replies by saying it is huge our number one goal on this earth is to make disciples he also said this is a platform we use to draw people to the word and to Jesus, which is something that we don't take for granted. The scriptures we'll use with that is first to be Psalm 63. And we'll say it's glory, glory by voice. The next one will be first Samuel chapter 24 verses one through 22. It'll be glory by action. The last one will be John chapter 15 verses one through 11 glory by fruits. The way we're going to do this podcast is we're going to take an interview or even just a perspective on sports, and we're going to pick chapters. We're going to try to stay away from just one verse, because of when the Bible was written, it was written, we know chapters are verses, so our goal is to take a couple verses or a whole chapter, and then what we'll do is we'll come on and we'll break down the chapter and we'll compare it to the interview. We're going to read, Chase is going to read now, uh, John 15, verse 5. John 15, verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, or without me you can do nothing. We wanted to pull that verse out because... What that's saying is you either glorify yourself or you glorify God. Without God, you're glorifying only yourself. 
We're here to glorify the word of God. Yes. Yes, yes. All right, so now we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with uh, Psalm 63. All right, now we're going to read the Psalm 63, the Psalm of Praise. This is the glorify by voice part we were talking about. Charles Spurgeon actually said that this psalm should be prayed every day, and I absolutely agree with him. This is such a psalm of praise and worship. And in the psalm, David is in the wilderness of Judah running from his son. And in the entire psalm, he's just glorifying God and, and seeking him. Now we go back to the, the interview of Zach Ertz. He mentioned having a platform. And the platform, doesn't matter how big or small the platform is, our job is to make disciples of all nations. As long as you have the word, we're called to preach the gospel. So, you know, obviously Zach Ertz has a bigger platform than us, but it doesn't matter because it could be a couple people or a hundred people. Like, for example, Noah. Noah was in the desert building an ark, warning people, preaching to people that a flood's coming and a salvation is the ark that he's building. And only eight people were saved. That's it. So now we're going to Chase read the Psalm 63, the ESV version. So go for it, Chase. Psalm 63 says, Oh my God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have looked upon you in the sanctuary. <laughs> beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless your you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied with a fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. And when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night... For you have been my help, and in the shadows of your wing, I will sing for joy. My soul clenches you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion. A portion for jackals, but the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exile, exult. Mm -hmm. For the month of Mouse. liars, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. Amen. Thank you, Chase. So now we'll break it down verse by verse. We'll talk about it. So it says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. So some versions I know say early I seek you. 
I think it's so beautiful because, like, for instance, chasing a game, right? Mm-hmm. When you play a game, and before a game, what do you guys do? Stretch and warm up. Stretch and warm up. And what he's telling him is, early, I seek you. Like, we get up in the morning, you pray and read the Bible, and you get your day started in the Word, in Him. Because, you know, you go out into the darkness of the world, you're going to stumble. Just like if you go out into a game, right? You go out into a game. Mm-hmm. And you what don't happens? stretch. And you don't stretch. What happens? You can get a cramp. A cramp. You can get hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. chance of getting hurt. Same thing. It says, my soul thirst for you. Right? And now, what what can our soul thirst for? There's so many things our soul could thirst for. What? What can our soul thirst Money. for? Money. Okay. Riches. Mm-hmm. Fame. Yeah. Sports. Idols. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you have it. You have the John. We're going to read John chapter 4, verse... 13 and 14, and we'll see what, how, how when your soul thirsts, what it needs to thirst for, for it to be quenched. Now, these verses are when Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. And they say, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him an fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. See, so there, as a Christian, a born again believer, your soul's thirsting for his word. You're thirsting for Christ. Outside of it, our soul thirsts for all the other idols and little g-gods, right? Because there's big g-god, there's little g-god. It thirsts for everything else outside of that. So, so that's where, where the thirst lies. So then it says, so I have looked upon you in a sanctuary, beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love, that beautiful thing in a steadfast love, the Greek word for the steadfast love means goodness, kindness, and faithfulness. That's so beautiful. Cause that's God right there. He's, he's, he's faithful, he's kind, and he's good. And, and David saying, because of your goodness, your kindness, and your faithfulness, it's better than life because his. And he says, my lips will praise you. He will glorify him. He's giving with his mouth. He's sitting there in the wilderness of Judah and saying, he's still going to praise you no matter what. This is so I will bless you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. So he says, as long as I live. Now we have no clue when that time is. But he's saying, as long as I live in your name, in his name, he'll lift up his hands. Lifting up his hands is what, Chase? Do you remember? Mm. Worshiping and praising. That was the way they would, they would pray and they'd worship. They'd lift up their hands. To him. It says, My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. So now again, we're in the, my soul will be satisfied. It means you'll, you'll be happy, satisfied as with fat and rich food. That's nourishment, right? Mm-hmm. The fat and rich food is nourishment then. So now we bring up food. 
I think we should turn to John chapter 6, verse 56 through about 58 we'll go to. It says, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. This is Christ speaking. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. So just like we talked about, excuse me, just like we talked about when Jesus talked to the lady in the well. David brings up the water and he brings up the, the fat and rich food. Now it will be satisfied. And Jesus says that he who eats the bread will live forever. My soul will be satisfied and live forever. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. And when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of night. For you have been my help. We seek him for help. You don't seek other things. When we're in time of need, right? Chase, we don't seek other things. It's hard. But we seek him. We look to him. That's why it's so important, like you said from the beginning early right he's our help so once we get up in the morning we gotta seek him and look for his help so it's another thing another thing is beautiful is when i we read this I, I look at galatians 5 verse 22 23 and about the fruits of the spirit i know that the fruits of the spirit you know i just look at the just just the words of it, the love the joy the peace the long suffering the kindness the goodness the faithfulness gentleness and self-control this is all in a psalm David showing all of this fruit in the psalm in a struggle in the wilderness. He's showing all of it. He's showing my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. It clings to him. It seeks him. Right, Chase? So what's beautiful about this psalm is there's not no cry for help. It's only praise. Mm-hmm. He's, he's giving it to him. He's saying he's just not crying out, saying, not crying out, saying, you know, anything bad. He's, he's praising him. Even when it's running. Yeah. So what, how could you, as a teenager, Chase, how could you use your platform at school or on a football field or anywhere else? How could you use your platform, you think? Yeah, so like a teenager, like for me, like basically, like I use it on the football field, like when everyone's like getting mad, like the other team's playing dirty. Like this has, this has happened to me when like the other team was like playing dirty and then my teammates started like getting mad. And, like, at one point, there was almost, like, they, they were, like, yelling at each other. And then I had to break that up. Like, I kept level-minded. Like, I kept, like, still calm because I knew what the word said. Yeah, self-control. Yeah, self-control. Mm-hmm. All right, so that will end the Psalm 63 here. And then next time we come back, we'll go into 1 Samuel chapter 24. This is God's Glory Through Sports. And we're back now with the glory by action part. This is David again. He's running from Saul this time. And the action we get is from the interview that we found on YouTube, the Sports Spectrum page. It is the Zach Ertz interview, and Chase is going to read how we found it. Zach Ertz says he he sometimes has high and low times, but he would see a guy's in 
the locker room that would remain even keel and they would push him to grow in faith. And that's the action part. That is when something good or bad happens, how we show him glory. And I know Chase, you had an instance one time that you had the opportunity to show him glory, but you want to explain? Yeah, I was, um, it was an all-star game, kind of like the NFL Pro Bowl. And after the game, we lost and I got extremely mad because I'm very competitive. Yeah, you, you got upset, right? And what you we could have been, what we talked about before in the last segment, we talked about being what? I, I sh- having I self-control, yeah. right? And we said before you did, then you didn't. So yeah. it wasn't glorifying him. You could have, because people look at the testimony, right? That's part of the action. They look at our yeah. testimony and they look at you, especially if you're a Christian, they look at you and they see how you're going to react, what your next step is. You got upset. We can't be of the world. We have to be different, right? Yeah, like that also like goes with like I know for us sometimes it's hard with like our brother and sister for them because like they sometimes fight a little bit, and then some people look at us and they're like, "Wow, is that how Christians act?" Yeah, and and we're all you know we're all sinners, but you know we should be not of the world. We have to be different and. And the action that we take, they fight. They're a little less okay, but the action, how we react as parents yeah. and the older brother, how we react is big. Instead of getting key. mad at them. Yeah, we, we have to we have to lead them in the right direction. So again, we're gonna go over first Samuel chapter twenty four. We're gonna go over the whole chapter. We're going to uh we're gonna read. Chase is gonna start and I'm gonna pop in. Go ahead, Chase, you wanna start? First Samuel twenty four says, When Saul returned from following the Philistines he was told, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Yudijah. When Saul took 3,000 men Chosen. out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men in front of the wild goat's rocks, and he came to a shepfold by the way, and there was a cave, and Saul went to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave and the men set of david said to him here is the day of which the lord said to you behold i will give your enemies into your hands and you shall do to him as it shall be good to you then david arose and stealthily cut off a corner of saul's robe and afterwards David's heart struck him because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David persecuted his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And and Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. Afterwards, David also arose and went out of the cave and called Saul, my lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the earth and paid him homage. And David said to Saul, why do you listen to the words of men who say, behold, David, seek your harm. Behold, this day your eyes will have seen how the Lord gave you today into my hand in the cave. And some told me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not put out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. See my father, 
see the corner of your robe in my hand. For by the fact that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you, you shall know and see that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I have sinned against you, although not against you, not against you though you hunt me, my life to take it. May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me against you, but my hands shall not be against you, as the proverb proverb of the ancients say, out of the wicked comes the wickedness, but my hands shall not be against you, after whom has the king of Israel come out, after whom did your pursue after a dead dog after a flea may the lord there therefore be judge and give sentence between me and you and see it a plead my cause and deliver me from your hand as soon as david had finished speaking these words to saul saul said is this your voice my son and saul lifted up his voice and wept he said to david you are more righteous than I, for you have repaid me good, whereas I have repaid you evil. And you have declared this day how you have dealt well with me, in that you did not kill me when the Lord put me in your hands. For if a man finds his enemy, will you let him go away safe? So the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now behold, I know that you shall surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Swear to me, therefore, by the Lord, that you will not cut off my offspring after me and that you will not destroy my name out of my father's house. And David swore this to Saul. Then David went home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. Amen. <clears throat> All right. Now we're going to break the chapter down, talk about how he glorified him by action. What's pretty awesome about this is the first seven verses are action. The rest is a conversation between David and Saul, right? And then what first kind of pops out to me is, is then Saul took 3,000 chosen men. Mm -hmm. the, fir the first battle, Saul fought Goliath. How many men did he bring? 3,000. 3,000 chosen men. So he knew David was a strong man. He knew David was a great warrior. David killed 3,000 and Saul killed 1,000? Well, it was the Saul killed. It was, I believe, it was the the, the piece of paper that got that started Saul's pride was Saul was David killed 10,000 and 10,000 and David killed 1,000. Mm -hmm. Or Saul killed 1,000, I apologize. Uh, verse 4. It says that he went to the bathroom, relieved himself. Um, and then we get into the part where he says, Behold, I will give you your enemy into your hand. Well, the men of David said that to him. The men of David said to him, They said, Here is the day of the Lord. And this is the men of David, David saying it to him. And what they wanted him to do was kill Saul. That's what the men thought in their mind. was This is the day the Lord gave you to take care of it. Now, now it says in James, it says we have to be not 
only hear of the words, but doer of the words, right? Mm -hmm. So there, <clears throat> David knew that, as it says later on, it says that Saul was the Lord's anointed. He knew he, 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 could, he shouldn't kill Saul. He could have killed Saul, but he knew he shouldn't because it says down here, it says that the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. Okay, so instead he cut off his, his robe. <clears throat> and when I read that, it's like cutting off the kingdom of Saul and giving it to David. It's almost like a, a picture of that. Mm -hmm. um, but also, <clears throat> it says that he told the men that he wasn't going to do it. He stuck up to his men, right? Mm -hmm. And we're in a position that somebody's telling us to do something that's not going to glorify God, is going to go against God's word. You shouldn't do it. Because God's word, word is first, and then everything else follows. Yeah, usually for a teenager perspective, that always happens in school. Like, people want me to curse or, like, say something inappropriate, and I don't because mm -hmm. I'm a believer. Yeah, and you have to – you have like we said before, the testimony means a lot. It means something. So when you fall into that, into that position, you have to first think, all right, how do I glorify God? Is, is this is this walking in faith or is this walking with the world? So yeah, David stood up to his men. Now we also have to watch where we get our advice from, because if he listened to, if David listened to his men, he would have killed the Lord's anointed. And and David didn't. David was obviously a, a king and the type of Christ. So, but we also see, <clears throat> we also see, um, with Saul, it says in verse nine. It says, and David said to Saul, why do you listen to the words of men who say, behold, David seeks your harm? So now Saul, on the other perspective of it, Saul is listening to people tell him to kill David. He's listening to people. He's listening to the words of men, not the words of God. Now we see David listen to the word of God by saying that he is the Lord's anointed and he couldn't kill him. But Saul, on the other hand, was listening to men that the pride get into his heart and he he was prideful and and listened to the wrong counsel and yeah so like i think about it is like how you have like you know you know a molder like you know how you like create like mold and stuff like that mm -hmm. mold vases and stuff like that i kind of think of it like david was having god like model him or create him mm -hmm. like he like god like david was being created by like god and mm -hmm. or or fit in the mold of God, as like mm -hmm. I like to say. Okay. And Saul was basically fitting in the mold of the world. Okay. Or being, being molded by the world. Okay, that's a good way to look at it. That's definitely a good way to look at it. And that's something we gotta, we gotta have to ask ourselves, is who are we listening to? We listen to the word of God? And are, are, we, are, are actions implying what the Bible teaches? Or are actions implying what the world wants us to do? Mm -hmm. Or what the world is telling us to do? Now, it, now we go into, it says that he, it says, Behold this day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you today into my hand in the cave. So David's saying the Lord gave you, and some told me to kill you, which we go back to, we go back to verse 4, that some told me to kill you, but I spared you. I will not put out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's Lord. He repeats himself again. Obviously, it's very important when we see something in the Bible being repeated. It's, it's, it's very important because he's telling him, you are the Lord's anointed. 
See my father, see the corner of your robe in my hand for the fact that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you. You may know and see that there is no wrong or treason on my hand. He's saying, you know, that I didn't do anything wrong. All I did was cut your, your robe off. And I have not sinned against you, though you hunt my life to take it. So he's telling him that, that listen, I had the opportunity to do wrong to you. And he chose not to. Mm-hmm. And... And we go to, it says, may the Lord's judge between me and you, may the Lord avenge me against you, but my hand shall not be against you. <clears throat> talking about condemning, I believe. I believe there he's talking about letting the Lord condemn between me and you. Mm-hmm. And he says, I mean, when I, when I hear I have not sinned against you, I kind of, I kind of go back to the Psalm 51 where where he talks about where it's it's David's repentance psalm, <clears throat> and and he says that he that because we ultimately when we sin we sin against God first, which then we also sin against someone else. But first and foremost, we're sinning against God, and we see. I I believe too. I see Saul went out, <clears throat> so we go to where are we at now. We go to we go to verse 16. It says, <clears throat> And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Now I wouldn't call this repentance because he never Saul never really truly repented here because I think it's the two chapters after he tries to kill David again. But yes, but he he you can see he's upset, <clears throat> but it didn't lead him to true repentance. Didn't turn him and give him a change of mind. At that moment, he was caught in the moment there where he was saying, where he was upset. But he was saying, he even admitted, he said to David, you are more righteous than I. So finally, he's admitting <clears throat> that David's more righteous than him. And for you have repaid me good, whereas I have repaid you evil. From this point on, Saul's been trying to kill David. And David's actions, he ran from him. David could have killed Saul. But he didn't. He he was giving him. He was giving God the glory, and he was leading, leading by action of the Lord's will. And you know, it matters what we do. <clears throat> it matters what we do as as Christians for our testimony. It means something. And daily, we need to take up our cross, and we, we have to remember that every day in our prayers, we have to we have to to give Him thanks and let Him know that. That we have to walk in the. It says in the Psalms that our, our foot, our foot, feet need to stay on His path, so our feet shall not stumble. And and through that, we need to walk in His light and not in the dark of this world. So through this whole Psalm, we see that that David was was glorifying Him. He had every every, every chance to take care of to take care of. Saul here, but he didn't. So I'm going to read real quick. I'm going to get there. I didn't have it pulled up. I apologize. I'm going to read a verse in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. 14. And it says, And have no fellowship with the unf- 
fruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk in, in circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because these days are evil. Therefore, do not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. <clears throat> so we know there that David knew what the will of the Lord is. It was not to kill the Lord's anointed. <clears throat> it was eventually to take over the kingdom and be the king. So so I think we're going to end it there. I think we're going we're gonna to come back and we're going to do John 15. Okay, and we're back with the glory by fruits part. We're going to read John 15, verses 1 through 11. We're going to have Chase just hop in and read it right away. Go ahead, buddy. John 15, verses 1 through 11 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch can't bear cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For part from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like branches and withers. And the branch are and the branches are gathered thrown into the fire and burned you abide in me and my word abide abides in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear fruit and so prove to be my disciples as the father has loved me so have I loved you? Abide in my love. If you keep it, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have spoken, kept. just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. These things I have done to you, spoken, that, spoken to you, that my joy may be in and that your joy may be full. All right. Amen. Thank you, Chase. So start right, get diving right into it. Chase, who is divine? Jesus. Jesus is divine, right? He is divine, and the Father is the vine dresser. Okay. So <clears throat> every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So if you are in him, he prunes. If you're outside of him, 
do not bear fruit, he takes away. And we'll skip down to verse 5, which also explains this. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me, and I in him. He is that bears much fruit for a part from me, you can do nothing. So I'm going to read that. I'm going to take abide and put remain. I am the fruit, you are the branches, whoever remains in me. That word abides means remains in me, and I in him. He is that bears much fruit for a part. So away from him, away from God, you can do, from me, from Jesus, you can do nothing. We are either in the body of Christ or we are outside of the body of Christ. That's it. Those are only two things. You either glorify God or you glorify yourself. That is it. Again, that word abide is important because it means remain. We have to stay in the word and remain to bear fruit off of him. Right? So look at the word abide. It means accept or act in accordance. So <clears throat> it's, it's, it's big to remain in the body of Christ. So we're going to get into the fruits also. So we'll jump in. We're going to get into the fruits of repentance. So Luke chapter 3, verse 8, we're going to start at. It says, Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father, for I say to you that God is able to raise up children Abraham from these stones. So the biggest thing is there is, Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Now, the word repentance is a change of mind. It's a change of mind, right? So we're repenting. We're turning from what we thought was good to, to what is godly, to what God's word accepts. We are turning from what at one point we thought what was good was evil, and now we know what is truly good. And we're going to get into... We go to the fruit of the spirits, like we did in the Psalm 63. But Chase, can you read the Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23? Please. Yeah, Galatians 5, 24. 22. 22, sorry. Through 26 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have sacrificed the flesh with the passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become consistent or provoking one another, even in one another. Thank you, Chase. Amen. Yes, so again, the fruits of the Spirit... Is, is a fruit. It's bearing fruit of, you're bearing fruit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You're repenting, right? We, we also bear fruit of repentance. At one point, we didn't have that godly love or the godly joy or godly peace. So we're turning to those things that that bring the fruits of the Spirit, okay? And we also... Also, everything is done in the spirit. There's only life which is in the spirit. Outside of the spirit, there is you are dead. In the spirit, there is life. There is light only in Christ. Okay, we're going to read. We'll read. I'll read Romans 8. It says, Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. Bearing fruit there, too. We can also say, 
we'll go back to John 15. And it says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove my disciples the fruit of repentance, the fruit of the spirit, all those things. He is glorified. The father is glorified by all those things. Because where there is spirit, there is life. All right. So that's going to wrap up John 15. This is the end of our first episode on God's Word Through Sports. Thank you so much for joining us. If you listened, we truly appreciate it. Again, we come here and we come to just preach the word and evangelize and plant seeds and we come to just talk about God's word. And that's what we came here. We also want to say that we didn't say in the beginning was we do not believe you can be saved by works. We were talking about glory. It was giving him glory like we talked about through action, through through voice, through fruits. There's other ways to glorify him. You can glorify him in, if you're married, through your marriage, through your relationships, through everything. You can glorify him in, but we we do not believe you can, you can be saved through works. The action part wasn't works or the voice. We believed you're saved through repentance and through faith and being obedient to the Lord. Again, we'd like to thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed. God bless.